Hello everyone, this is Kayla Zahra and I'm back with a new podcast and also this goes unscripted like the last two audios that I've posted in Anchor. So today I'm going to talk about time management and productivity and because I will not edit this later and it will go as a final a final audio, I'm very sorry if I have a lot of mispronunciations and also some gaps, but we'll get on to that later. So time management and productivity is very important in today's life because the world is changing very fast. The world is modernizing and globalizing with many, many, many topics. For example, there are a lot of AI such as Google Maps and also other <coughs> sorry um, other types of technologies and also that you know as a student or maybe as an employee with a lot of tasks you need to you need to split your time between families personal and also work and me Personally, as a middle school student, I found my own tips and also, you know, follow some techniques that help us in doing our work, doing our work fast, I mean. I'm sorry it got cut before because I pressed the wrong button. But anyways, my first tip, and also this will be for my personal record even though I published it publicly, my first tip would be to make schedules. And you might ask, schedules, schedules, schedules. What's what's the importance of schedules? Well, for me personally, I also don't really <coughs> don't really follow it. I mean, I'm a flexible person, right? And I don't really I'm not really the type of person to follow um schedules. But um for me, I make my schedules and make it as a habit, so <clears throat> it's kind of natural mechanism. And schedules also help me to break down the goals for today, such as <coughs> task, homework, my own projects, and all other stuff. And also for maintaining the balance between work and personal life. So, for example, I wake up at 6 o'clock and then shower, pray, eat, and then I, I'm i already going to my Google Meet link by 7.30 a.m. And then from 3, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., I will do my homeworks and then at the night, I will study again. So, it's kind of a repetitive process and I, I follow it because I, I need it every day. Because it's essential in making myself organized. And plus, I'm also inside the student council. And I have a lot of... Um, I have a lot of things to do. A lot of expectations. So, I guess schedules is part of my life right now. <clears throat> Next. This is kind of something people that they aren't aware of. They... They kind of skip the step. I don't know why, but I know it's hard to do in busy schedules. So this is incorporated into my first point. It is to take care of yourself. So I know that every one of you 
will say, oh, I have taken care of myself. I'm fine. And sometimes you're not. Sometimes you say you're fine, but inside you feel exhausted and you actually need rest. But you're kind of forcing yourself that, <clears throat> no, I can't rest now. I still have a lot to do. I need to do this and that, this and that, and it must be done today. So, in my case, taking care of oneself is also to freshen up the mind and also to make you more focused. By being more focused, you can you can think a lot faster and also finish your task faster, right? And yeah, you'll become more productive actually. And along with the second step, the third will be relevant, which is realist expectations. <clears throat> so as a student, I would have a lot of lists and at first, I wouldn't break it at all. So for example, I have biology and project, I have an English podcast to do, I have um, an art shading to finish by today by midnight and also other under homeworks and and stuff to do at home but you see realistic expectations mean that you cannot do all of it at once because you're only you there's only one of you you can split yourself to do all the stuffs together right realistic expectation teaches us to understand our boundaries to know where our limitations are so you cannot actually lie to yourself that I can finish it by today when it's it's not realistic. You know, for example, that you have 10 to-do list today, but you can only do five. Then you need to choose your priorities. Priorities is something that you think that it was it will be the most important. Even though all of them is important, but <clears throat> you need to Pay attention more to the deadline, to the process, to the to how it will affect your scores and etc. And by identifying your priorities, you can also reduce your stress. In my case, um, <clears throat> since I have a lot of factors that will affect my time management and productivity. I would minimize my distractions, such as turning up my phone and also setting up particular settings to prohibit opening other irrelevant tabs. And at the end, I could finish all my priorities. And by that way, I, I became more productive and also my scores raised up. Then we have change mindset. Change mindset, what about it is? For me, change mindset is <clears throat> a way to prevent stress too. So in my case, before I only think like, ah, the scores are important. No, that's wrong. Scores are important, yes, but what's more important is the process. For the score, maybe you can, um, you can see from other 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 websites or your friends, but about the process, you can't lie about it, right? 
You cannot cheat in the middle of an exam. And I think that the Indonesian curriculum needs to pay attention to that. They need to raise more awareness that each student have different talents. So it's all right if you cannot do a subject or so. Because <clears throat> at the end, you're... You're going to face difficulties too when you are searching for appli- for application forms and jobs and also that final occupation is not a simple thing. It's more complex because what you're good at doing may not be your your main job. But in that case, you can actually take multiple jobs, right? But that'll be a different story because it'll... It'll be more classified to interest, right? But let's go on to the next one. Support. What do you think of support? Support is, um, <clears throat> for me, is a driving force. And uh, when I think of support, it means that <clears throat> you have the same goals. You kind of have each other's back and also that you will always help each other no matter what. <clears throat> support in this case is to to seek out for help. So time management productivity will be a lot harder if you are stressed, depressed, or have anxiety-related problems. And I myself know that it's not an easy challenge at all. You can't have no motivation at all and that all your skills are just messy, just you're just too too busy to be in survival mode that you can do anything else. You cannot do anything to make you happy. For example, people will reward themselves, but you don't because maybe you thought that I oh, you don't deserve any rewards. Actually, you do deserve because you have been struggling really hard and double because the first is expectation and scores and time management and all other related things. But at the same time, you're personally, emotionally unstable and and yeah, that that makes everything hard because you have a lot of things in mind too. So support, <clears throat> it really plays a lot in time management. You, you may have friends that helped you to do things together, such as study groups, or simply like discussing, discussing your anything actually. But in my case, I discuss my friends with. Um, drawing so we kind of collaborate with drawing and um, I do the rendering so yeah the, those are just one two three four five five points that you can follow for improving your time management and productivity but I have included factors, and for me, the factors also plays a role. 
Even though it may be a large or small role, it's still a factor. In this case, it's the support because some people, they're just alone and some people, they, well, they will have friends, but maybe they just can't open and become vulnerable. It'll be the same. Everyone is different. So every, every different circumstances will have different tips, right? <clears throat> and I encourage everyone to find their own ways to survive. And so thank you for the understanding. I'm sorry if there are any mispronunciation because I can have a tongue twist problems these days. But thank you a lot for listening. And please have a great day. Bye! Hello everyone, my name is Kelami Zahra and today I'm back with a new topic. This also goes unscripted and unedited so I'm sorry if there is any mispronunciation or any empty lines and today I'm also going to take another step to echo anxiety which is one of the most popular trends in the internet right now. And you have seen that many people are concerning on our climate change in planet Earth because planet Earth is, of course, our only home. And today we are going to talk about why that this happens and um, what it actually is and also how we can manage it and how actually environment impact to our mental health. And yes, please do enjoy this podcast. So I think I have improved a lot in my talking, especially since my last podcast, and it seems a little smoother right now. So first of all, my first point is what exactly is eco-anxiety? And in EPE, American Psychology Association, describes eco-anxiety as the chronic fear of environmental catastrophe. I'm not sure how to say this. Cataclysm, cata, cataclysm that comes from observing the seemingly irrevocable impact of climate change and the associated concern for one's future and the next generations. So let me put this into simple words. Eco-anxiety is the fear of catastrophe because of our environmental change. So you have seen a lot of weather changes, and that, oh, it's drought, but it's supposed to be rainy season. Or probably because global warming and also the increased use of CFC. Especially we're staying in our house right now and we need a lot of AC, especially in tropical areas. And also that there are many factories, many businesses that release pollutants through our air and also create acid rain. And that... Some people, they, they see this as a threat because, because it matters to our health. It matters to our next generations that also needs adequate needs, that needs enough resources. And that if we don't start to change our behaviors, our habits right now, when, well, 
what will our future be? What will our children experience? And something like that. There are also certain symptoms such as anger or frustration, fatalistic thinking, existential dread, guilt or shame related to your own carbon footprint. That's why most people nowadays, they reduce plastic and they um, mostly reuse, 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 recycle or reduce the three R's basically. And there is also post-traumatic trust, PTSD. Sometimes PTSD relate to surviving a natural disaster such as tsunami or earthquake and it impacts a lot to someone's belief, especially that after they experience a tragedy, they will, they kind of, they kind of feel fearful, right? Especially those that lose their family, their loved ones, and also they must have felt homesick because, I mean, tsunamis and earthquakes also destroys their home which they grow up in, right? And there's also panic, depression, anxiety, grief and sadness over the loss of natural environments, and obsessive thoughts about climate. This obsessive thought is unhealthy because it occupies your mind and that, I don't know, it just makes you paranoid and it's basically too much. Anxiety that's too much, it's not good for your health because you're actually mentally making yourself sick and some therapists also kind of give consolation for anxiety people then we have also issues like sleep problems after changes and difficulty concentrating this goes all in one but it is of course different for each person right Next, we go to the causes. What causes eco-anxiety? Where does it come from? Okay, you must know that climate change is a global problem because even Antarctica and Arctic is starting to melting and that it can cause a great flood that just wipe away the shores. So maybe Fiji Islands can be completely under the sea. And also that... The rise of 2 degrees in temperature globe and people are pushing to start from now. And according to a high school student, it is a tremendous pressure because we kind of feel rushed and maybe they aren't mentally ready and stuff. So let's get back to where does it come from? It's can be personal. It's also a connection to our planet and it is for everyone. Echo anxiety does not see age, background, gender, or race. Earth is our home and it's the only earth that can sustain life. You cannot find life in Mars or in Mercury or in Venus. No, Earth is the only planet that have living organisms in our solar system. So, 
lived experience. Living through the symptoms of eco-anxiety is a little bit tough. So, as I said, in stress, post-traumatic stress, PTSD, maybe it's either earthquakes, tsunami, hurricane, wildfires, it's all of that disaster and it is irreversible. It just stuck in your brain for a long time and it's, it's, you cannot just forget it so easily, like, it's in the past. No, it's, it's more complicated than that. And you kind of get stimulated by the tiniest thing that related to it. Maybe it's just rise of temperature and you can, you can actually feel stress, especially when you survived a wildfire. And again, the technology plays a really important role in here. So first of all, people also knew eco-anxiety through news media and also um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all other social media else. And by sharing this information, it gains a huge audience, a general audience. And doom scrolling is, you cannot escape news of climate change. And in some cases, it does promote, motivate change. And yes, some people do have a sign of positive progress, but people can also read prediction of our future and also that how, how climate can drastically change negatively. Last of all, you regret your own impact. For example, you're using plastic styrofoam or air conditioner or meat-heavy diet and then you left your carbon traces everywhere in your environment and it's completely it's completely normal. That that's the thing, it's completely normal. But for a coincidental person, even one time it it will just impact a lot on their thinking. Like, oh I shouldn't be using styrofoam right now because I could leave this product in our soils for hundreds or probably thousands of years. It's the sense of powerlessness. And the clock is thinking. Like tick 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 and they just have panic attack and Equinity strikes. But Equinity is also by your own efforts then you can actually prevent it from happening especially by fixing the conditions of your surrounding home and also maybe participating in donating for bringing back our forest. Because here in Indonesia, in Brazil, actually forests are also exploring deforestation, right? That there are too much citizens, so they need more land and also more logs for structures and other uses. Who's most at risk? This is actually one of the most important questions. Um, there are vulnerable, group, for vulnerable groups. Sorry, there are some vulnerable groups such as indigenous communities, 
people living in coastal regions, as I said, right? When the North and South Pole began melting, the sea levels rise and it could just smash the shores and put them underwater. The third group will be social and socio-economically disadvantaged communities. Children and older adults and people living with disabilities or chronic health concerns. Especially that mental health can correlate with physical health and that it is known that anxiety also makes the heart beat faster. So it's actually dangerous for people who have weak heart or heart diseases. Now, there are plenty of complex factors, such as family with lower income, native Alaskans, Inuit tribes, and other, other group of people living in the middle of nature, and then communities that rely on natural resources, such as fishing, hunting, or farming. Um, and many travel destinations rely on tourists. They rely on the nature that provides for the tourists. They have income from the nature itself. And I think that climate change is somehow affecting to this source of industry, especially in the pandemic that we cannot really visit places. And we are staying at home and it's kind of hard to give impact to outside of our area right but the good part is we go on to our third point third main point is how to manage it how to manage it is more of confronting yourself and how you can um how you can what can you do little small steps that can lead that can lead to big changes so the small step big changes it's we basically start from now taking a step towards positive impacts and as i said take a look at your personal habits it's to adopt a greener and healthier more sustainable lifestyle practices and it it became your personal values and helped cultivate the sense of self. Modeling climate-friendly behaviors encourage others to do the same. So calculating your carbon footprint, as we discussed before, and then choosing physical commuting. This includes physical and mental health, and also reaching out to community organizations. Saying no to denial is also a great tip. Especially climate change is a terrifying thought. It's understandable if you have any concerns, worries, and all other cautious actions for climate change. Because there are also many, many actors, such as Leonardo DiCaprio, that speaks up against global climate change in the UN. I mean, there's even a documentary for it. And also... It's not, it's not good for masking unwanted feelings. 
it only intensifies them. Easier said than done, but there are some things you can do, such as to have compassion for yourself and others, to forgive yourself and commit better choices, to offer healing benefits, and also to allow yourself to fully acknowledge your feelings. It is valid. There are some communities that also help in anxiety. Emotional and social support is a very, very, very enormous. It's a very, it's a very enormous boost to resilience and also optimism and hope. About optimism and hope, is that you are in charge. You believe that you can brought influence to others, and. Virtual support is also um, it's also an alternative. So we're staying at home and we have maybe a Zoom meeting or a Google meeting and all other virtual connection to a certain group such as the Good Grief Network, a non-profit for anxiety people. And also, there are a few problems that you could actually see in anxiety, and one of them is that some people they 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 hesitate to have a child. They they make a decision to not having children because of the current state of the planet. So they didn't want to have children because the climate is drastically being damaged and destroyed and i get that they this whole topic they want it for the good of their children but it's also um a bit controversial because it's basically the concept of child free so some organizations such as birth strike support this women that refuses to have children and actually being child free is a common thing between modern societies so even though a couple is married they chose to not have children at the end it's subjective whether you want to be child free or not but the important thing that you can take here is that echo anxiety is general it can be for everyone and that Everyone had a link to the environment, to the surrounding area near you, or maybe probably around this world and through the nation and other other support, you can slowly make the world a better place for later generations to live because they still need resources, they still need a home, and planet Earth is our home. You cannot find home in Mars, or in Jupiter, or in Neptunus, no. Earth had given us many natural resources, and we need to make use of that. And by protecting our Earth from damage and also other 
devastating events, we are actually taking care of our home too. And that's it for today for Enco Anxiety. And I hope you would m- not mind my poor pronunciation. Thank you, everyone. And please do have a great day. Kayla out.